Hi, everyone. This is Alex Soroyan speaking. I'm CEO and co-founder of Netris, but today I'm going to be moderating this Netris Connect roundtable. Uh, for those who are new to Netris, I want to re remind that uh, Net Netris uh, is a Silicon Valley-based software company specialized in networking space. Our goal is to make networking beyond public cloud as easy and powerful as in the cloud, kind of like bringing the concept of VPC networking in the, in the, in the cloud into all kinds of environments, to your on-prem, to your physical data center, to your bare metal. VPC is such an amazing abstraction, and we were like, how come it doesn't exist beyond the cloud? So we're going to make it work. Thanks, everyone, mm -hmm. for your time joining this, this Netris uh, Connect Roundtable episode. I'd like to introduce our, our panelists, uh, Jake Warner and Alex Matoni. Uh, guys, uh, please introduce yourself. Tell tell a few things about Cycle. Sounds good. So I'm Jake. I'm uh, the CEO and founder of Cycle. Uh, and, you know, Alex and I met... Uh, I say I know there's multiple Alexes uh, in this in this chat, so so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll say cycle cycle Alex and, and Netris Alex or whatever we want to go with, or we'll just use your last names. Um, but uh, but I know that we uh, we we met a few uh, months ago at uh, one of the Equinix conferences. Uh, sorry, I'm talking about I'm talking about Netris Alex. Uh, we 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 met a few months ago at a a, a Equinix Metal conference, and it was it was nice because we we found out at that conference just how many similarities our companies had. Where where Alex is operating in uh, the networking space, Cycles operating in the container orchestration and infrastructure management space. So there was so many kinds of complementary things between our, our our platforms that over the last couple of months we've we've had a really good time. Uh, Talking with each other and figuring out ways of of collaborating and, and figuring out how to solve bigger problems for, for for more companies. But in a nutshell, Cycle is a low ops platform. Our goal is to replace Kubernetes and make it easier for companies to adopt container orchestration and infrastructure management in a way that is not uh, kind of an ever growing technical stack. Uh, sorry, technical debt rather um that a lot of the companies that we're, we we encounter are dealing with right um uh in my spiel in a second but one of the biggest values of cycle is that um uh versus you know kubernetes and a lot of these other platforms where it's up to you to kind of update and maintain them one of the biggest values of cycle is that it's kind of a decentralized but also centralized control plane where we are pushing updates to our customer infrastructure automatically every two weeks um, and so, um, yeah, think of it as container orchestration, infrastructure management on your infrastructure, where you still own the data, uh, the network's infrastructure, et cetera. Uh, but you're getting these automatic updates as part of the process. Um, and so happy to be here. Thanks for having us, Alex. And, and I am also Alex. Uh, I'm going to be Alex number zero. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the uh, co-founder of Cycle with Jake here and head of engineering. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, guys. And uh, our, our other panelist is Wyatt with Netris, uh, Solutions hey, Architect. Hey. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, Wyatt Sullivan. Um, I'm Solutions Architect here at uh, in Netris. I have been doing networking for 20 years now. So um, if you want to ask a, about, you know, 
BGP specs and uh, and routing and VPN, I can tell you all the fun details, glorious details. Cool. And and special thanks to Anna A from uh, Netris for organizing our roundtable. She's this hidden uh, marketing person behind the scenes, putting together these roundtables recording everything, putting on the website and writing your email. So thank you so much for this. Uh, why don't we start from uh, from this question of uh, everyone knows what Kubernetes is, right? And what containers are and sort of containers been around for like long time now and like sort of Kubernetes was kind of the catalyst that sparked like massive adoption of containers uh, you know cloud native movement has started but uh jake alex what what are your thoughts like where is this we 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 recently we've been hearing this kubernetes is not kind of one size fits all kind of thing obviously for some companies it is great solution and for other companies that's great way of, of getting some challenges so what is where, where is right line between Kubernetes is fit and Kubernetes is not a fit and companies need to look at solutions like cycle. Yeah, so um there I mean there, there, there's a lot of that comes down to it, right? In in a lot of the marketing that you hear from cycle, uh you know, it, it's a lot about you know replacing Kubernetes and it's something that we feel very strongly about, but you know, some of it is absolutely, uh, you know, uh, let, let's just say a generalization, right? Because you're right. There are some companies that's like, that Kubernetes is a better fit for, right? Google built Kubernetes for Google. And, you know, you know, for companies that are managing YouTube and things like that, Kubernetes is absolutely a, a great solution for those. But the problem that we really encountered, so actually, let me, let me take a step back and give a little bit of a backstory of maybe why we built the company and you know, some of the kind of components that came into that. So before we started building Cycle, uh, Alex and I were building a Venture Studio. And so for those of you who might not be familiar with the term Venture Studio, we were just building products for other companies, like companies that were like, you know, they that's that's all they were, that's all we were doing is companies were coming to us saying, hey, we're building, we want to build X, and but we don't have the technical talent or time or whatever the reason was to build it. Can you help build it? And so we would. But one of the problems that came out of that was that every single time we were kind of reinventing the wheel from a technology perspective, right? It was, all right, let's go and deploy some infrastructure. Okay, let's secure the infrastructure. Let's make sure that infrastructure is up to date and all the kind of routine problems that you encounter as part of that process. And so when we were, you know, like it was like our eighth or ninth product in, we were like, this is dumb. Like, why do we keep solving these issues? And this is back at the time when, you know, we had just kind of ended the whole open stack hype wave of, you know, like, ooh, if you're not using open stack, you're doing it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. um, and containers were, were had just launched with Docker and, you know, uh, Kubernetes had just been released by Google and things like that. And so long story short is we were kind of connecting the dots between all these things. Um, and we were like, well, let's, let's, let's figure out an easier way to provide a easier solution to companies like ours uh that way you don't have to reinvent the wheel you can have these automatic updates and things like that and so uh you know i guess back to the question where uh you know we were talking about like you know where's why, why do we build the cycle and where does it kind of fit in with the kubernetes ecosystem it, it kind of come down it, it kind of comes down to the single idea that most companies are adopting kubernetes today when really they don't need it 
right? Like it's, it's, it's built to solve some really big technical problems. And for companies that need to solve those big technical problems, great. Kubernetes is a phenomenal solution for those. But there's so many companies that we encounter and it's whether it's a startup with 10 engineers or even you know, small businesses with 100 to 200 engineers. These are companies where we're having these CEOs and CTOs reaching out to us saying, okay, we adopted Kubernetes years ago. It hasn't helped solve, it hasn't helped make us a better company. In fact, we've now had to hire more DevOps engineers. It's, it, it, it's you know, just you know, all the different kind of side effects of it. And these companies are um, getting, you know, they're saying, hey, you know, we're, we're only using maybe five to 10% of Kubernetes, but now, but we still have to maintain the whole beast that is Kubernetes. Um, how do we, how do we adopt a platform that's not going to restrict us from building whatever we want to build, but is allowing us to really focus on that five to 10%. And I guess to wrap it all up, that's what we built Cycle for is that five to five to ten percent that most companies need. Let's make the entire product around that and do it really, really, really well. Um, so that's 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 why we built it, and that's where we kind of see that contrast against Kubernetes. I will um I will add on there us us engineers, we love to pre-optimize and over-optimize way ahead of schedule. So we see a lot of people in the Kubernetes space who say, I'm going to adopt Kubernetes on day one. And then they realize they need quite a lot of DevOps experience and engineering talent uh, straight out the gate, which can definitely hamper their, uh, their, their company getting started. Uh, guys, if any, anyone has any question, feel free to raise hand in a zoom or just physical hand. If you're using your camera and I'll state your name and you can ask questions. So, and any any questions? Okay, if no questions, then I will ask one. So, uh, I I remember back in the day. Uh, so even before Kubernetes was a thing, but containers were already a thing, and like a lot of people, a lot of te technologists were were running. There are a lot of people which are like, oh, it's a new thing, let's use it, right? So most most my friends who are like that, they were running containers without any container orchestration platform because orchestration platforms were not a thing back then. So, and this is sort of another extreme. So, so like Kubernetes is one extreme, which is like very complex. You said you're, if you're, if you're YouTube, then, then you need Kubernetes because your infrastructure is enormously huge. And there's this other extreme where we're like just running containers bare bone. And I'm assuming cycle is somewhere in between of those. But you 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 describe what is what is it like when with the Kubernetes, but what is it like like without like bare bone containers? Maybe is that kind of way people should think about this or what are challenges there? Yeah, so with Cycle, so I, I've been I've been I've been in DevOps for I don't know fifteen ish years now, uh, something like that. Um, and one of the things that kind of always bothered me, and this is not, not even just about DevOps, but just kind of developers in general, we always kind of have the habit of let's solve every single problem we can ever think of on day one, and you know sometimes I guess. 
sorry, I'll get to the point. I believe that the simplest uh, answer is usually the best, right? And so the goal with Cycle is how can we build a platform that solves a lot of these problems, but has the fewest moving pieces possible, right? So as you talk about running mm -hmm. containers bare bones, even though Cycle does handle, you know, scaling and migration between clouds and global networks and, you know, a lot of those different things that companies need for out of a powerful platform, the goal is, you know, at the end of the day, you can run cycles. Sorry, you can run containers using cycle on just bare metal infrastructure, right? You don't need necessarily hypervisors. You don't need a lot of this extra kind of stuff that uh, many other platforms kind of require you to have. The goal with cycle is, hey, as long as you have a you know an x86 based processor, you can run containers. You shouldn't need extra hardware. You shouldn't need anything fancy to be able to run those. And so, um, I guess you know, as, as if you're talking about a spectrum of you know people back in the day running you know LXC containers without any orchestration whatsoever and then on the other side having kubernetes where you know you're really uh you know into full-blown deep orchestration mode and things like that um the goal of cycles to provide a spectrum right we have some companies on top of the platform that are just running wordpress on top of cycling it's like it's complete overkill for it but it solves so many problems for these companies that they're like i don't, I don't care like this is still easy and then at the, on the other hand we have some companies on top of cycle that are like we have a company that built a competitor to aws lambda um, on top of cycle. So, you know, it shows that you have companies that are building like really powerful offerings. And that was kind of the goal because, I mean, I'm guessing there's a lot of people on this call that at some point in their dev or DevOps career, they used Heroku, right? Like Heroku was the thing that made it so easy to deploy stuff. But very quickly, we encountered a lot of developers that were like, well, I hit the ceiling with Heroku. I can't build beyond what I want to build. I, I'm limited into what I want to build. And so that's where the whole idea was. How can we make it simple? How can we still kind of focus on that bare bone functionality? But how can we allow that ceiling to be so high that companies can build, whether you're de deploying WordPress or deploying a, a, an AWS Lambda competitor, right? Uh, so the spectrum is wide, purposely wide, but still focuses on kind of keeping things bare bone and simple as part of that. Um, if that kind of connects to the dots. <laughs> I think for uh, somebody who's just getting started with containers and is looking at the easy route of just hand rolling and running their own thing, uh, you're going to run up into these problems rather quickly. I don't think it's going to be a mystery the second that you try to take your Docker run from your local computer and move it up into you know any kind of online-based activity. All of a sudden, all of these things are going to start appearing. Oh, how do I do networking? Oh, how do I connect two Docker containers talking across different platforms, you know, different servers? Uh, you know, the list is going to go on and on. And that's kind of where we sit in the middle is, yeah, you can get your container running with a Docker run command, but there's about 99% of the work still left to be done once you get that part up. So I'll ask a quick question, which is why not Kubernetes? I mean, it, why, why didn't you guys build on it or why are you guys better than that? And I'm sure this is like, the quintessential question you guys always get, right? <laughs> it is, but it's one of my favorite questions. Great. Uh, so uh, just like how I mentioned earlier that, you know, developers have a habit of trying to solve all problems on day one. Um, one of the problems, and uh, like this, this, this belongs on, you know, Reddit slash unpopular opinions. Uh, <laughs> but one, one, one of the, one of the things that, you know, one of the problems that I have with open source in general is that just open source technologies, I mean, they all, it seems like all of them go through hype cycles. Like we're seeing the same thing happen right now with, with TypeScript, with some of the opinions coming out about, you know, like, oh, you know, I forget what his name was, uh. Uh, DHH, yeah. DHH, yeah. Uh, I mean that, yeah. Uh, but how he was, you know, he came out against, you know, having TypeScript in one of their projects, and now the internet's in a shitstorm over it. Um, but it's it's one of the same. It's 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 sorry. 
with the problem with open source sometimes is that when you have everyone pulling it in their own direction to solve their own problems, you end up with a solution that originally started to solve one thing and do it really well being pulled in a thousand different ways, right? And that's kind of the thing that we saw with OpenStack back in the day we're seeing it now with Kubernetes. I mean, there's a thousand different ways to do everything in Kubernetes. And the problem is that anytime you have a thousand ways to accomplish one thing, you end up with a thousand ways worth of break. Right. And so when you kind of think about things from that perspective, you 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 start to realize that you can't just add extra layers on top of something and solve fundamental problems. Right. And so with Cycle, we decided that we couldn't build on top of Kubernetes. We couldn't build on top of Docker. We didn't want to build a for us to build a truly vertical vertically integrated platform, we couldn't just layer it on top of something else, right? Because like, you know, right now the average version of Kubernetes that is deployed is 22 months out of date, right? Mm -hmm. And if we were trying to build this platform and allow all these different companies that are using Cycle to be up to date at the same time, that's a huge problem that you'd have to solve. If, you know, suppose, suppose you had company A, you know, uh, deploy Kubernetes and then company B deploy Kubernetes. And if you wanted to update them both at the same time, what if one of them changed how IPv6 routing happened? You know, as we're as we're you know sitting here in this this you know networking um you know uh, round table, you know if someone changed how packets are being routed or they introduced new lo new load balance or something, like how do you know all those variables mm -hmm. if someone's able to just log into a server and make those changes just randomly right like you can't reliably push out updates and so with cycle we knew that we had to go down to the down to the foundation and we had to build the platform up from nothing and so that's why you know the company is seven years old now is because we took that first four years building from the ground up of nothing but because of that we now we now know all the variables at the operating system we now know all the variables at the kernel all the way up to where users are actually running their applications and this is why every two weeks we've been able to push out these updates and we've been doing this for years now without producing any down time um and back to the question so I, I love these i love kind of going on some of these these tangents but uh but the reason why we didn't build on top of kubernetes is when it, when the underlying framework makes it impossible for you to know every single variable and have that standardized consistency you just can't build upon it as your primary foundation right mm -hmm. um especially if the main value out of your product is that we're going to make sure that there's no such thing as legacy code in in your deployments right so that's I, i'd add a couple points to that too um not that this would change our decision whatsoever but when we did start building cycle uh kubernetes was still in the cradle with google uh and if anybody knows Google's repertoire for open source software and, and some of their business projects. It was There was no guarantee that this was going to turn into what it was today. Again, not that we would change our opinion based on that, but even back then it was like, do we really want to put all of our trust into this project that is starting to get a little bit of traction now? Um, and then the second part is, I don't believe that Kubernetes is something you can easily make a multi-cloud system with, or even a multi-data multi, uh, uh, a multi uh, uh, data center system with. Uh, it requires quite a lot more engineering, and that's a whole nother level of work uh, required in order to make these things compatible. Whereas one of the goals that we had with Cycle was we wanted to make it cross cloud agnostic. Basically, we wanted to be able to go into any cloud and work with any provider, uh, sometimes all at the same time. And if we'd used Kubernetes to do that, that would have been quite a bit more of an engineering challenge than it ended up being. I, that makes absolute sense. Jake's uh, the, the description of uh, when when uh, when a open source pro product is being 
being directed in 1,000 ways, the, the directions that also creates 1,000 ways to break it. That, that reminds me a uh, networking approach, uh, like traditional networking approach, because before Netris and before cloud, traditional networking approach was that you have routers, switches, you load balancers, networking components, and each networking component could be configured in one million different ways, right? Every every networking task can be implemented in 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 one thousand different ways, and that and like if you if you if you look into like hundred different companies where hundred different network engineers implemented the same task, you may have seen one hundred various implementations, and that is a problem because. Usually, there's not just one network engineer in every company, right? And when 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 how you configure things, this comes down to like personal opinions, personal preferences. One engineer applies one approach, and second engineer applies another approach. Then first engineer applies third approach. Now you have a mess. So that's that's sort of like how uh, how. Uh, high level is, is the difference between you know uh, uh, abstraction layer kind of approach in the cloud versus traditional networking in the cloud you usually don't have access to this low low level things those things are being configured by algorithms and algorithms are super consistent unlike people that's that's sort of how um we came to the idea of creating netries because we were like, come on, networking needs to be hard, needs to be easy and consistent. And this is sort of very, I'm, I'm hearing very similar pattern, you know, because things that are making applications work, they need to be simple. They, they should not, you should not have 100 or 1000 ways to implement or break these things. Well, and, and that's something that you know, obviously, from what I've said so far, I, I, I deeply agree with that, and and that's why. So when we started building Cycle, you know, back in 2015, one of the first decisions is we're going to build an operating system, and mm. this was before AWS released Bottle Rocket, and you know, all these other companies kind of, you know, like back at the time, we had a lot of people saying like, why this this is dumb? Why why would you do this? And then you fast forward to today, and now it's it's a, something that's kind of caught on in the industry because, like, I mean, CycleOS is a dumb operating system. Like, it is purposely dumb. Its goal, it, like, it like its whole goal is initialize, start some basic networking, start some basic storage, and then get out of the way, right? But because of that, it allows us to have that standardized foundation. And so, uh, so Alex, as you're, as you're talking about, you know, how do we how do we prevent you know different people having different opinions and implementing things a thousand different ways? Our goal is, hey, if we can standardize that operating system, and our from our perspective, standardize that operating system, standardize that kernel, um, mm. it allows us to have so much more. Uh, of a guarantee of consistency. I mean, one of the things that we commonly talk about is the you know Android versus iPhone analogy, right? Uh, you know, with with Android, you have you know all these different manufacturers producing different hardware, and so then you have it's up to you know the kind of the Android community you know to be able to produce. Um, you know this. You know to be able to solve all these use cases, right? Where Apple, when they when they're able to sorry, 
where with Apple, when they're ready to release the next version of iOS, they already know all the hardware it's going to run on. There's no, there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's already a plan in place. And so one of the conversations that we have with Cycle that we, you know, when we're encountering, when we're talking with companies is, are you willing to give up an extra 5% of control? for a better experience in terms of deployments and optimization, right? Because with Cycle, we don't even let people log into uh, like SSH into the servers. Now, technically that's a lie. There is a process, but it's not enabled by default, right? And because it's not enabled by default, it forces people to go through the platform for everything. But as we talked about earlier, in terms of consistency, knowing those variables, et cetera, that is so, so important to us. And so with Netris, I imagine it's the exact same process that you guys are encountering when, uh, you know, you, you guys are standardizing the underlying uh, networking components. You know, you're asking your users to say, hey, give up a little bit of control, but in the process of this, of giving up that control, we're going to give you a framework for networking that is super standardized and works the way that you expect it to work all the time. So Alex and Alex, I like to be, be able to uh, con contrast there. Where does cycle end and where does like your infrastructure begin? What what knowledge do I have to have coming into a, a cycle slash Netris type of solution? Like, yeah, okay, I'll give up 5% of my uh, control to be able to grow and scale. I totally get that. Like as, as a startup or as a small company, you don't want to go hire, you know, developers that are specifically or DevOps people are specifically for Kubernetes just because you need to manage Kubernetes. You're not doing Kubernetes. You're building the next rocket. You are building the next uh, 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 automated car system, right? Like, so, so what do I need or where can you help? And, and where, where's the, where's the connection there between a, a Netris and a, and a cycle? Do you want to take the time about that, Alex? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, I wasn't sure which Alex we were going to start with. That was, um, yeah, yeah, that was whoever's, whoever's loudest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I guess, at least from a cycle perspective, um, and, and just to kind of clarify on that, when we install, when we do the networking today, we kind of do a lot around the networking. Uh, we invert the controls so that instead of saying, I, you know, instead of basically, uh, you know, uh, imperatively saying, connect this to this, do that to that. Uh, by the nature of how you set up your deployment, uh, those connect those network connections are automatically created by the platform and automatically managed by the platform. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, when you deploy an environment, an environment on cycle ends up being the equivalent of a VPC. And when you deploy containers into that VPC, that environment, uh, they automatically have a private network built between them, regardless of cloud provider, regardless of data center, et cetera. Uh, where Cycle manages that encrypted public network if it has to go out of the cloud, tries to use uh, you know out-of-band network if it can do that, uh, but basically creates this ecosystem by deploying a couple, uh, for lack of a better word, service containers, uh, like a DNS system, uh, a load balancer, uh, that mm -hmm. automatically, since we're a centralized platform, we can automatically update all those records because we know when you deploy an instance to another data center or another cloud provider, we know that that happened. We can update those records and you get this instantaneous networking built between all these different pieces. Um, so from Cycle's perspective, uh, there's no, I mean, th there's no such thing really as like a direct imperative network building. Uh, so much so as the way that you configure and deploy your containers inverts that control and tells the platform, here's how I should network it. And the platform kind of builds that networking organically out of that setup. 
and mm-hmm. and that's where uh so uh with with netris you know alex and i uh sorry uh, netris alex uh and i have been having conversations mm-hmm. because one of the, the features that we launched last november so right now on on cycle today we support aws gcp vulture equinix metal and we have a number of other providers that are in, in the pipe but we're having more and more companies coming to us saying Hey, like we we have our own rack of servers in you know this cola region, or you know we have a server closet in our office or whatever, right? Um, and so last November we launched a functionality that allows companies to connect cola and on-prem uh, infrastructure to cycle. But uh, as everyone on this call knows, like when when you move outside of the cloud, there's a whole another uh, kind of a whole extra layer of networking that needs to take place that just mm-hmm. isn't there on day one. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's where uh, the conversation with Cycle Netris is kind of coming together because it's, hey, for these companies that are wanting to want run on premises, um, how can we make that easier? Because that's not our problem to solve. Like our problem is, hey, once you have the infrastructure connected, once you once we can build these virtual networks, great, we're in a solid position. But then kind of pairing that with Netris kind of aligns everything in, in a really well nice position. So it's like, okay, if Netris is able to build all the networks between the underlying infrastructure, then Cycle can build on top of that as well and build the virtual networks that are needed for all the containers and and kind of connect the the dots there and so um that's where the cycles infrastructure abstraction layer and uh netris as a solution you know, bringing those together i think is going to be a, a very good solution for companies that are saying hey we have that we have this colo we have this on-premises infrastructure mm-hmm. that we want to make easier to to deploy and maintain so so so, so basically the future of infrastructure all kinds of infrastructure both uh, public cloud and beyond, even even a bunch of servers running in your closet, gonna be like like a cloud. That's that's why at Netris we uh, we we like using this this expression VPC anywhere, because if we if we think about public cloud uh, as infrastructure, VPC is what made public cloud possible. Right before public cloud. Networking was challenging and slow. And networking implementation in networking was done by humans, uh, meaning that you cannot do any kind of automation. You cannot make platforms like Cycle to consume networking because platform like Cycle would be, uh, you, you know, would be required to create a ticket for network engineer every time. They are deploying new customers, scaling new customer, customer making any change, right? That that's like a non-starter. So VPC basically enabled the 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 cloud transformation. That's why all kinds of platforms they they started uh, appearing. Now Cycle today works in public cloud, or 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 in environment like Equinix Metal. Uh, because infrastructure provides this automatic and programmable uh, you know network infrastructure abstraction layer in public cloud that has very it is very very comprehensive the kind of VPC level in 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 Equinix metal there's there's kind of uh, more more simpler uh, abstraction and that's that's why, our uh, our Netris VPC is, is also applicable to to environments like Equinix Metal, so we can we complement Equinix Metals of the world to with the with additional uh, functions. Now, uh, 
coming back to cycle, cycle is consuming VPC, but when you go to physical data center, you go to on-prem, you go to call-up, there's no VPC. There's there's networking guy who configures Cisco switches. That guy does not have an API. You know, that's that's the problem. His API is tickets. Cycle doesn't support tickets. You know, in, in Cycle wants some sort of API. And they expect network to network implementation to happen immediately, not after network engineers review it. That's that's where we come in, and uh, uh, that's that's where you know eventually every data center out there will have a VPC, Netris VPC. Maybe other players will show up. We are happy to see that com competition because it's enormously huge market. So, but but the long story short, VPC is the foundation of every infrastructure, every cloud infrastructure, and every colocation, bare metal, every every infrastructure beyond public cloud will have a VPC and will become like a cloud, which will enable platforms like Cycle and maybe others uh, to consume infrastructure as a service and deliver this easy, easily consumable services to customers that are specializing in building flying cars rockets, <laughs> delivering food, all kinds of things, but they don't have to be infrastructure experts. They have to be experts of their uh, software. Um, by the way, we've got a question from uh, Mahitar. Ma uh, would you like to ask a question yourself? Sure. Uh, hey, um... Uh, so you know, I mean, there was there was this discussion about comparing uh, Kubernetes and 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 Cycle, um, and and also there was a comment about like possibly you know Cycle having uh, uh, ways in which you can jump bootstrap containers in in multiple clouds, maybe even hybrid environments. Um, there's a Google product called Anthos, um, GCP product called Anthos, which sort of does very similar things. Um, I honestly don't know how they manage the networking underneath, but um, would would that be very similar uh, to what we're talking about uh, in, in terms of uh, how Cycle and Netris together would do it? Uh, so to be honest, it's been a couple of years since I've looked at Anthos. Uh, I looked at it uh, two or three years ago when, I think it was two or three years ago when it was released at the, the Google conference. Uh, I mean, honestly, it could have been more at this time. Uh, time's been a bit of a, a blur the last few years. But um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of commonalities between Cycle and Anthos. Um, the, the kind of high level take that I'll, that I'll take against it is where Anthos is another Google products uh, that is likely built on top of Kubernetes. Um, don't quote me on that. I have, I'm not actually sure. Um, you know, when, when Google needs to set out to build these products, they set out to have to solve 
very complex use cases that, again, similar to Kubernetes, probably very few companies actually need that depth of an offering, right? And so that's where Cycle's goal is to say, hey, you know, most of these companies out there probably don't need that level of complexity. How can we simplify that, right? Like we're with Anthos, my guess, again, don't quote me on this. My guess is that with Anthos, you have a lot more influence over the underlying networking. You have a lot more influence over, you know, individual configurations and things like that, where Cycle takes a very opinionated approach to how we standardize things. Um, and through that standardized approach, that's where it's been beneficial to a lot of the companies that are on top of cycle today. Uh, but, um, but, um, without knowing, again, I haven't been in Anthos for a while. I, I can't get any more particular or any more specific than that. Um, other than the fact that there are some overlaps, but cycle is built to be a little bit more opinionated. But it would still mostly be on the infrastructure uh, automation side of things um, rather, you know, not so much on like maybe, uh, you know, the security aspects of it, or it would still deal deal with things at a container level, or, you know, basically you didn't mention like Alexi containers, or it would still deal with at a containers level only. Yeah. So, so, so we always tell people that, you know, cycle is, uh, you know, there's two, there's two sides of the platform on one side, there's container orchestration. And on the other side, there's infrastructure management. And when we talk about infrastructure management, we're talking about like maintaining the OS, maintaining the kernel, uh, IP management, you know, low level network management, things like that I mean, within reason. Right. Um, and then the other side of that is the container components and, and, the general idea with Cycle is that infrastructure gets abstracted. So even though you're deploying infrastructure and you own the infrastructure, you never actually think about the infrastructure. So like once you have the infrastructure live on the platform, most users jump over into what we call environments, which is where you know the actual applications and containers live. And that is where they spend most of our time. Uh, so the goal with Cycle is how do you provide that infrastructure? How do you let people have, uh, have um, decisions and opinions around maybe opinion is the wrong word. How do you allow people to have influence over that infrastructure, but let it get out of the way? So um, while the platform does handle provisioning and things like that, it's not made to... It's not, so while the platform does handle provisioning, it handles it at a certain point up, right? Like we expect a server to have iPixie, DHCP, et cetera. But we as a company aren't... Uh, responsible for implementing you know dhcp and things like that from a low level perspective like we expect it to be there and then we build upon that um so that's where um uh there, there's there's kind of like that spectrum there like if if zero is taking a, a rack of service out of absolutely nothing no network capabilities nothing uh you know and 100 and the other side of the spectrum uh is uh you know, like AWS where everything's already provided, Cycle's goal is to be somewhere like 20, starting at like 20% to getting to that 100%, right? But there's still that initial 20% that, um, that that's where we look at uh, solutions like Netris to be able to be involved to help offer some of that low level networking primitives that you expect to be there for that infrastructure. Um, and my guess is based on the question, that's something that Anthos uh, is likely uh, deeply involved in. But again, I don't know enough about Anthos to get more specific than that. Uh, I can I can add a, a little bit color uh, here too because um, uh, uh, look Netris's job is to provide uh, networking in any infrastructure just like VPC is in public cloud right now if someone is using Kubernetes in public cloud their Kubernetes is running on top of VPC that's 
like it is designed to be like that way. Now, most our customers, uh, we, we are neutral, just like public cloud, right? In public, with, with AWS, you can run EKS, like Amazon's Kuber, flavor of Kubernetes, or you can run Kubernetes bare bone, like you, you configure Kubernetes. You, you could use Rancher to use Rancher managed Kubernetes, or you can use Cycle to run containers without Kubernetes, because containers are even one 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 layer higher. Now, going back to Netris. In Netris world, most of our customers are using Kubernetes. It just happens to be very popular platform. Uh, some customers are using Kubernetes bare, bare bone. They just, they just install Kubernetes by themselves. These are very kind of, these are customers with very sophisticated engineering teams. They are usually an infrastructure providers themselves. So like some of our customers are public cloud, cloud providers. And this kind of organizations, they, they build their own Kubernetes, they build their own storage, they build all kinds of own things. Uh, some of them, like smaller customers, they use products like Rancher. R I, I believe Anthos is just like Rancher, a product for running Kubernetes. Uh, some of our customers are doing like that, just that, using Rancher or other uh, platforms to run and manage Kubernetes, sort of simplify Kubernetes management. And Net Netris's job in all these cases is to provide a net cloud-like networking, to make your IP addresses available, to make your routing working, to make your peering with upstream providers working, you know, automate and simplify networking. Now, uh, Cycle is, so both Kubernetes and Rancher Kubernetes and Anthos Kubernetes and Cycle non-Kubernetes are four different approaches for running containers. You don't necessarily need Kubernetes to run containers. You, you could have run containers even, even bare bone. Cycle is just like a like a automatic transmission for running containers. You know, you don't so you don't you don't need a way you, you need some way to orchestrate containers. You can use Kubernetes and you will have 1000 parameters to fine-tune how your containers work. And like Jake Jake previously said, 1000 ways to break how your containers work. Mm -hmm. And you can use cycle. And you can have maybe five parameters. Maybe you don't. It's like comparing controls, you know, AC controls in your car compared with the with the controls in a spaceship. Spaceship has this one thousand switches. Astronauts need that, but when you're just driving to your, you know, work and work and home, you just need automatic transmission. So cycle is easy way for running containers, just like Netris is easy way for uh, for running networks, with less with less switches. You know, less switches is better. Less knobs is better. Um, Fantastic. Thank and you. also, uh, I, I I just I just spent a little time uh, while also listening with Alex uh, reading uh, the 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 very quick sixty seconds on Anthos, and so uh, I, I have a little bit more to add to my answer. So <laughs> it looks like it looks like Anthos is uh, one of the main things that it, it solves is the management of multiple Kubernetes clusters at one time. 
um, across different deployments, right? And the re and one of the biggest differences was so so yes, cycle cycles whole goal is managing multiple clusters as well. But with cycle, the the clusters are kind of a primitive to the platform where instead of it being like something that needs to be managed separately or like where you have kind of these extra kind of clusters that you know kind of stand alone and then you need to add extra logic to manage them uh cycle is just from day one kind of a, a low level primitive to the platform so uh it's not something that is something it it's not it's not like i'm trying to figure out how to explain this it's 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 just built into the platform, I guess. So, so we 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 we're Kubernetes is you know uh, you know we have a Kubernetes cluster, right? Anthos is managing multiple Kubernetes clusters. Uh, Cycle's goal is to say, hey, you know, you have an entire Cycle hub, which is what we call it. Everything's being deployed through that, um, and cluster. You can group things in the clusters, but it's just a foundation of the platform. So, I, I hope that helps connect some of the dots a little bit more. I'd say it's it's like a paradigm shift. Some of the things are just it's not apples to apples all the time when you're uh, comparing different ways to do things. And it's an enormously huge market. There, there got to be a lot of, lot of players. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, uh, when we, we, we lightly touched the, topic of uh, running containers uh, on-prem, private cloud kind of situation in physical data center. And we, so from our experience, uh, we we know that in, in, in private cloud and physical data center, and, and actually in general, it's not that one company's all applications are running on containers. Some companies are like that. We, I can, I can think of some customers who are 100% containerized. Uh, these are kind of companies that that were created just recently, but older companies, they typically have like both containerized applications and like regular applications running on VMs and also a bunch of applications running on physical servers and maybe also some old storage. So, so it's very much hybrid. With this kind of customer, uh, like, what what is uh, integration? What is the interleaving path with this kind of uh, customers with Cycle? Yeah, uh, so a lot of the time uh, when we approach companies that aren't completely containerized or have no containerization, uh, a lot of the time what works for them is just kind of trying one app, trying one piece. Uh, and since, you know, Cycle is kind of an isolated thing with, you know, our own VPCs and everything else that we're, we're setting up for these clients, uh, it's very easy for them to start with a simple application, a website maybe, or a, uh, you know, a, just a simple service, uh, run that on the platform, and then really get a feel for how the actual development flow works with the platform. Um, but what's more, in a lot of cases, uh, like you said, there's a lot of companies that haven't fully containerized, haven't containerized yet, want to containerize, but haven't. Uh, and a lot of the friction we found there is going up against solutions like Kubernetes and running into all of this technical documentation where getting started with containers itself has been tied to running Kubernetes in a lot of ways. And mm -hmm. that complexity is transferred into, do I really want to spend time containerizing my app when I have all of these things that are going to get more complex because I've containerized? And when we hear companies talk about that, a lot of the time we're, we're able to say with 
cycle, it's a lot easier because it's just the containerization part that you need to worry about. The rest of it is not a part of that that calculus, so to speak. And we're able to, in a lot of cases, help companies uh, start their containerization process because of the simplicity of getting those containers from their local development environment into a platform like ours. Um, so a lot of the time getting started uh, you know, with just one small application and in other cases, helping kick off the, the modernization of those applications by making that process simpler. Um, so that's how we approach those kinds of clients. So if if there are uh, if there's a bunch of VMs and bunch of containers, will uh, would would those two groups of uh, workloads run in separate VPCs or like what's what's the what's the recommendation there? So the biggest thing with Cycle is that, as Alex mentioned, we uh, Cycle will only manage things that were deployed through Cycle. That's a very purposeful decision. We never want some. We never want Cycle to uh touch something that it didn't right last thing you right. want to do is connect cycle to an aws account and we start shutting things down right um and so when you do attach cycle to an aws account or a gcp account or whatever provider you're using uh cycle will before it does anything kind of put itself into its own box right uh whether that's creating a, its own vpc its own networks whatever need to happen at the respective provider to kind of section itself off um so if you so then when you're deploying infrastructure through cycle whether you're deploying bare metal or whether you're deploying vms great cycle will deploy them to that isolated box that you wanted but um if you suppose you had other existing applications already running at that provider and you wanted to mm -hmm. connect them right and so uh which we do have a number of companies doing um and so within cycle you could uh, jump into that cloud provider. You could set up a VPC peer. You could set up another you know, network link, a direct connect, however you want to do it. There's, again, a thousand ways to solve that problem. Um, uh, but you, but you can, uh, you can set up those peering uh, connections to allow the containers um, uh, in different environments, etc., to uh, connect out to that that uh, that let's just call it egress infrastructure. Um, mm -hmm. if, if that's something that's wanted, but by the default, cycle will not. Um, but you absolutely can make it do that. Like we have a number of companies that are deploying their applications over on AWS uh, using containers with, with with Cycle, and then they're connecting to like an S3 bucket or like AWS, you know, RDS or RDB or sorry Aurora DB, um, and you know, using a VPC peer or something to make that happen. Um, so it, it's absolutely possible because, again, like even though we talk about Cycle being opinionated and trying to standardize that approach, our goal is never to lock you into something. Right, like our goal is to never limit the technologies that you can use with the platform, because otherwise we'd be building the same platform. Like, like, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm on a tangent right now, but uh, I'll get off the tangent in a second. But one of the problems that I see as like a deep tech developer in the industry is you have some people that are like, well, this is a hard problem, let's solve it. But then the simple solution that they release is almost too simple that you can't build what you really want to build, right? And then you have other people on the other side, that are like, well, let me customize every single thing that I could ever want to customize, right? And the problem is there's no one in the middle. And that's why we built cycles. Like if you go out there, I mean, there's a number of like YC co companies that are being launched today. They're like, oh yeah, we make it super easy. But if you're, if your company is building anything of meaningful substance, very quickly you hit the C on what you can build with those solutions, right? Like, I'm not going to throw names because that's not the type of person I am, but they're like some of these solutions out there where you can't even deploy two databases to the same environment. And it's like, really? Like, who's going to actually build a company in an environment where I can't deploy two databases? Like, they've almost made it so easy that 
again, that ceiling is just so limited. And so that goal with, with cycles, how do we, how do we solve that middle where it's simple, but you can build whatever you needed to build. Um, and if that means you also are going to connect to other technologies that you have running alongside cycle, great. It's not our, we're not here to lock you in, uh, you know, and put you in a position that you can't use whatever you want to use. Right. So. I think, I think one of the benefits of our, our novel kind of federated approach too is you get this stuff runs on your own infrastructure that you're still in control of. You can log into your AWS account and you can see what infrastructure did cycle actually deploy for you. And you can connect that up just as if you'd gone and deployed it yourself. Um, and, you know, like, like Jake was saying, uh, we've got some strategic escape hatches with, you know, plenty of warning tape surrounding them. But, you know, there's there's some escape hatches where you can get out of the nice paved road and kind of go down into the underbelly of the system if you really need to, uh, you know, get in there and customize. And I think that that's one of the most important parts because, you know, a lot of people come to us from Heroku, for example, and the the only problem they have with Heroku is they've hit a ceiling where they can't actually continue upwards and continue to do what they want to do. Uh, in the way that they want to do it. So Cycle kind of fills that gap between running Kubernetes all by yourself in a strange environment and Heroku, where everything is kind of handheld for you. That's cool. Um, in, you know, what, what, what caught my attention that uh, ma ma many times when you were explaining interconnection between old and new applications or different groups of workloads. Many times you, you've used this concept of we would create a VPC for a cycle and we would we and, and other workloads would, would run in another VPC and there there would be a VPC peering. That's that's kind of music to my ear because that that's that's what we do, right? Beyond the cloud there's no VPC and we're we we know that future infrastructure anyone designing any pro, any infrastructure pro, product for the future for today and for the future like except except legacy stuff and any future looking technology is assuming that there is vpc there will mm. there will be vpc everywhere guys we'll make we, we will make sure to get that part done <laughs> um i i think we're at time uh we probably have like two minutes for one more question if if anyone has anything to add um J jake alex anything you want you want to add guys how how can people uh find you if yeah, I mean, so uh, very simply, uh, we, it's like we always have this thing that we'd rather show than tell, um, you know, because like we can sit here and, and, and talk about Cycle and the value, but uh, it's one of those things where like if anyone's interested in learning more about Cycle, uh, you know, getting an actual demo scheduled, uh, the demos are the things, we, you know, they're, they're the kind of the magic moments. They're the light bulb moment with the platform where once you see the platform actually doing stuff, a lot of those kind of you know, dots get connected or whatever, where, 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 where the, just, it's the whole, I don't know, the whole cliche of, you know, seeing is believing or whatever, you know, we want to go with, right. Uh, we, we, we always encourage people to, to see a demo of the platform. So if any, if anyone's interested, you know, feel free to, uh, you know, hit cycle.io. Uh, we have a, you know, a sign up page. You can uh, sign up for a demo either through that, or we also have a request demo page. Um, but I, I would, I would greatly encourage that. And, and again, our, our demos for our company, 
the 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 goal is not any sort of sales pressure. Our goal is education. It's either a fit or it's not. Uh, we're not the type of company to you know harass people. Um, and so if it's if it, if it's not a fit, it's not a fit. But I would I would encourage people to see a demo. And um, obviously, you know, the other component there is just kind of you know keep keep your eyes peeled because uh, over the next few months, uh, I'm guessing you'll see a, a lot more information coming out about uh, Cycle and Netris. Uh, uh, coming together and, and, and uh, releasing a joint solution to solve some even bigger, more deep mm. technical problems. So um, uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think awesome. um, I, just to add on to that, uh, the demo is really valuable in my opinion, because it's a, it's a paradigm shift cycle works differently than Kubernetes. It works differently than Docker. It works differently than doing all of these things on yourself on AWS and seeing the way that the, if you dive into it by yourself right away, you're going to be like, wait, how does this work? Uh, and then, you know, it's not as interesting or as fun. So having one of us show you, I think really kind of highlights the the different way of thinking and why it's, uh, why we think it's better anyway. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, guys. Thank, thanks everyone. Just, just wanted to add that if anyone ever has any question related to private cloud networking, hybrid cloud networking, we're, we're, that's, that's our specialty. We help organizations build and operate private and hybrid clouds. Even if it's just a question, if you just want an opinion, feel free to reach out to us. You can get, you can join our, our Slack channel. It's netris.io slash Slack. All your questions are welcome. Even, even if, you, if you're not looking to buy the product, you are welcome to join our community and ask your questions. There will be someone who will be experienced enough to, to provide you experienced, valuable answer. Uh, thanks everyone for your time. This was Netris Connect Roundtable with Jake Warner, Alex Mattoni from Cycle, and Wyatt Sullivan and myself, Alex Oran from Netris. Thanks everyone for joining. Have a good day. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Thanks everyone.